0: Causing the quarrels and fights among you, don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only you want only what will give you pleasure. There was a a, a young man. Who had was in the habit of criticizing those things around him quite often, so he would sort of get to a situation and he would sort of critique it or or over or almost elevate himself over the people around him. And one day he was uh, one evening he was waiting for a bus and he was standing with a crowd of people and they're looking uh, through the window of a taxidermist shop. Now in the center of the window was a large owl that attracted the attention of all who passed by. They looked at it and they were amazed by it. but this self-appointed expert had begun to criticize the job done on it. Oh, if I couldn't do better than that, I'd find another business. Just look at it. The head is out of proportion, the pose of the body is unnatural and the feet are pointing in the wrong direction. He With, with sort of great detail he went into everything that was wrong with it. And after, after his, his criticism and critique of this this poorly sort of misshapen owl, the owl turned its head and gave the fellow a broad wink. The crowd laughed at this critic who, who slunk away. See, sometimes our habits get us into positions where we get caught out over and over again. And today we're going to be continuing our series on holy habits. And uh, this is our second week. Last week... The place that we started with this, so if you weren't here for last week, I encourage you to get the message for that because we're sort of starting sort of a bit slowly, a bit differently uh, as we look at habits. I suppose when you talk about habits, often we we hear maybe a message or even our self idea of this is that what can I change, what do I do, how do I go about this and it's all about me and what I can do and we create a list and we follow it through. Some of you may even be sort of going, "Well, I'm looking for the five simple steps that I can follow to develop good habits in my life." Well, that's not going to happen because today we're going to continue on our mission of discovering the reality of holy habits. Um, and I think that that's part of the major problem is that we either have a difficulty identifying the bad and the good habits that are in our lives. We we just we kind of just live and. We don't know, sometimes our habits are sort of so uh, sort of unconscious to us that we're not even aware of them. Or secondly, when we are aware of them, we have no idea how to make a new reality in our life. And so, so today I want to give you a simple but necessary principle when it comes to seeing our God-ordained behaviours and habits in our life. And the principle is this, ask for help. Uh, and I'm and like, um, that that's it today. We're talking about asking for help. Asking for help because the thing is, too often um, we live in a way, who here likes asking for help for anything? Um, like a lot of us sort of go, do you know what, I'll figure this out myself. Um, when I'm good enough, then, like we're, who here is willing to give help though? There's a major difference there, isn't it? And do you know why there's a major difference? Because we struggle with pride. We struggle with being honest with people around us and we don't really want to see being, see ourselves being in need or of help or guidance or from other people. And so what we need to realise when we ask for help, the first thing first is it is okay to ask for help. When we are looking at developing habits in our life that will be honouring to God and actually beneficial to seeing His kingdom grow, when we are looking at developing habits in our lives that help us live in a way that is going to be beneficial to ourselves, fulfilling God's um, um, call in our lives. You know, when we if we have habits in our lives that are destructive to us, we are really not honouring God. Do you realise that when we live in a way that is that does ourselves harm we are not glorifying we are not honoring god and so god actually wants habits that go right through our lives that will i suppose change the direction of how we are going and so it's okay to ask for help because when we when we are willing to ask for help we are willing to get to a point that we are honest with ourselves and that sort of fits in with what we were talking about last week: having a healthy identity, having uh, a God sort of shaped identity when it comes to forming our habits. If we can be honest with ourselves, we are actually more open to hearing from other people. And so all of a sudden, we can maybe go, "Hey, one, I'm really struggling with this, or I want to achieve this in my life. Can you help me do it?" If we're not willing to ask for help, maybe we're going to sort of we're going to fake fake it that I've got this. Discipline in my life, or this habit in my life, or I'm going to fake it or pretend that this thing that is actually holding me back is not there at all. I'm not. I'm not I'm just not going to do it. And so, when we, we come to ask for help, we've got to overcome pride. We do have to overcome pride because we need to be in a position where it says, "You know what? I can't do this by myself." I'm I'm at my end. In fact, I actually went past my end quite a while ago. I'm actually out in the the middle of the air sort of um, doing Wiley Coyote, spinning my legs, and sort of hovering the air for a bit. I'm, I'm really in need here. I'm in desperate help. And we need to overcome pride to say, hey, I need some help right now to be able to sort of change what's happening in my life. We're willing to be open. And this becomes important. When we are willing to ask for help, it begins us on this journey where we are willing to trust the people that are around us, maybe trust God, trust the systems that are in our life. The problem is, who here again has ever been? I suppose you understand what I'm. Who has been burnt by someone? Has had their trust broken? As so all of a sudden that withdraws us in. Who here, and again, I'm not. Doesn't matter. Who's been burnt by other Christians? Okay. So straight away, this is part becomes part of. Um, there's there's two sides of this that we need to be a solution one we need to be a church where we are willing to help those who are asking for help we need to be be putting our position where we are are, are being people of trust but we also need to then be on the other side where I'm going to trust the people that God has put in my life to be able to help me journey through whatever I'm facing whether it's the formation of of a good godly habit or if it's a removal of a, of a, a bad habit that's actually taken me away from God um, see the, the thing is you have no problem keeping a bad habit on your own like if you like eating too much chocolate you don't really need other people to come in and cheer you on you need some more chocolate in your life in fact the voices in your head are probably the only crowd that you need saying what flavor today is pretty much all you want like if, if you go if you've got a habit of going you know what I'm going to get up and go for a run in the morning, and five o'clock comes, and the warmth of your blanket is going, oh, this is really comfortable. You don't have a crowd to convince you, you know, you really should stay in bed. You really shouldn't go out this morning. In fact, you, you don't. You shouldn't go out any morning. Like You don't need a crowd to convince you of that. But to break that habit, to actually achieve good habits in your life, it is going to require others. And actually trying to do stuff on your own is a habit worth breaking in and of itself. Because again, I, this idea of the individual is something that is, uh, we in the West, this Western thinking that I can do it, I can do anything. You know what? We were, not to cre- we, we were not created to do most things in our lives by ourselves. We were created for community. And so it is okay to ask for help. But not only is it okay to ask for help, it is necessary it is necessary. If we do not ask for help, we don't actually see the changes that we want to see. Uh, James uh, chapter 4, verse 2, the second part of the verse says, Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Here is James actually sort of really bringing uh, a point to the, the Christians that he's writing to, saying, You guys are pursuing all these things. But you don't have what you want because you haven't gone to the first person you should have gone to to ask for help. And that is God. You haven't even bothered asking God for it. And again, some of the things, when we have habits in our life, some of the reasons we don't go to God is because we don't really want to change that habit or we don't want to introduce that new habit. Because if, even if we had, and we went and prayed, God, I really want you to help me read my Bible more. And the next morning, God sort of wakes us up at five o'clock, and there's no crowd there except God shows up and says, "Hey, why don't you get up and read your Bible?" Um, God, I'm sleeping right now. I don't really want you to disturb my sleep. I'll get you when I have some free time. And so sometimes our attitude is that God, I really don't want to. I don't want to see that good habit in my life. And so all of a sudden, the bad habits are allowed to thrive. And so we need to get to the point where we we are turning to. God we are turning to others in our life who we actually give um, I suppose a permission to speak into our life and saying this is stuff we want to change. It is a necessary step for us to um, basically uh, ask for help in, in growing and changing our habits. And this becomes the big thing I want to look at today. We grow and we change in community. We grow and we change in community. Right off the bat, isolation is a bad habit. Now, there are plenty of reasons we go to isolation. One, we've maybe had a breakdown in relationship, and so what we do, we step back. Maybe our our problems seem to be too big. We step back. All of a sudden we go, Oh, God, if I confess this, this habit, this problem I have, people are going to think less of me. And so I step back. I've got no more room to go. Um, without falling off the stage. And so all of a sudden we withdraw, we withdraw, we withdraw until the point we are isolated from other believers. They can't think less of us but they can't help us. We don't even want to come before the throne of grace because again, we don't want God to know about our sin. We don't want the one that knows everything to know about our sin. We, we think we can hide it from him. And so we withdraw from God and we withdraw, we withdraw and then all of a sudden God's saying, with his arms out open, i say, I want to help you but we isolate ourselves. So isolation is a bad habit. When we withdraw, when we pull ourselves away from people for whatever reason is a habit that develops. Now again we've had people that have been sick in these past few months. Now if you can't drag yourself out of bed that's okay on a Sunday morning. But the, the idea is that it's not about just coming to this place in this time slot. It's being a part of God's community. And so I'm going to talk about a little bit about that bit more. And so because we grow and we change in community. Hebrews 10:24 um to 25, let us think of ways to motivate one another of, to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another especially now the day of his returning is drawing near. And so even in that we see this idea that let us not neglect our meeting together. So neglect is, some of the, is this something that we overlook and, and actually does us harm. When, when an animal or a child is neglected, they actually get in big trouble for that. And here the writer of Hebrews is saying, when we neglect our coming together, now again, that coming together is actually a lot bigger idea than this time here because um, we've got some people like I remember I went to a church I was a chaplain in, in Chinchilla for a few years and, and part of my role as chaplain I'd go around and visit the churches and talk about chaplaincy and one church I went to um, basically they did it out of routine um, they came together for that time and then God kind of disappeared from their week and in fact part of our role that we would stay for morning tea Nothing it like, wasn't like morning tea here and so all of a sudden basically the priest went out the back and got changed we didn't even see him after the service most of the people that were there that morning there was probably close to 100 people there about 10 of them stayed behind and 4 of them were the chaplains and so they had some they opened a pack of biscuits they had some instant coffee there for us we thought we better put on some morning tea for you they weren't in a habit of, of being together they attended for the time that they needed to do and then they went on their way Um, even their services where they never went short, they never went long, they were spot on time so you knew exactly what you were getting. And so the thing is, that's not what God is talking about. He's talking about coming together, actually connecting with people, actually knowing you're belonging to a group of people. And it will happen at this time. It will happen before and after the service. It will happen during the week as you make contact with each other. It will happen in your small groups. It will happen as you serve with each other in various ministries. It will happen as you catch up with for a coffee with people. It will happen during those times. It will happen as you send a text out saying, can you be praying for me? That is how we are coming together. And when we neglect that, it actually does us harm. And we are unable to grow and change as God is wanting us to do. So Hebrews makes it plain that neglecting to be part of a community of faith is not just a lack of a good habit, it's the presence of a bad one, okay. And again, I, I want to spread it out. It's not just if you've got perfect church attendance, doesn't mean you've got a habit of being part of the community of faith. And in, and vice versa, if you if you miss coming to church because you're working or you've got this other things happening, but you're still connecting with the community of faith, great. Do that. Be a part of doing that. But why is this the case? When you're not present in community, this is these are the things that start to fall away. You actually, we talked earlier, if you want to be open and honest with people, you need trust. If you're not present, it's very hard for you to trust. It's ha- very hard for you to grow in that. Um, in fact, like you know when you first meet someone. Um, I'm, I'm, well, I'm not looking forward to the day that my daughters bring a, a guy home. Um, I, I don't know if they realise it, the, the boys realise it yet. Yeah, they, they're not going to be looking forward to it either. But the thing is, when I first meet them, I'm not going to trust them. Like um, probably 30, 40 years later I might get to that point but, but the thing is trust grows in presence. And so as I get to know this person I'll be sort of going and checking him out and, and, and doing all those things. Much probably what happened to me when I sort of went through that same experience. You want to be able to trust people. Trust comes through connection. Connection comes through presence. And so we are not in a, a position to ask for help or to give help if we are not present. And so that's one of the things, when we come together in a community of faith, if we actually don't trust, where well, we lose trust. We don't grow with people. A few Sundays ago we had our Glory to God service where we were here and a number of people shared about what God has been doing in their life and, and doing around them and it is great to sit back. And one of the joys of that service, I sat back and I barely said anything. Why? Because God has been moving in your lives and I got to hear that and I got to be encouraged. Now, if you missed that Sunday, you must miss the opportunity of actually hearing what God has been doing. But vice versa, like you might be hearing of of people going through struggle and God has overcome in their life. And we go, yes, we can cheer that on. We we are encouraged by what God is doing. We can journey with people. We, We know, oh, you're going through a tough time. I am there for you in that. I can be a part of that journey for you and so as we, um, we get able to grow with people where they're at, the thing is when we're not present in community, we don't always understand where people are coming from or people don't always understand us because all of a sudden they don't, you know how you don't get some people at times? Like, you just don't exactly know where they're coming from. Maybe their sense of humour, they make a comment, and all of a sudden, once you get to know them or, or something about them, you go, oh, okay, all good now. I understand where that's... Well, okay, I'm, we're all on the same page. And so when we understand, like, it, uh, that idea of understanding prevents us saying something that will hurt them, Um, or for us being heard as well like because we have understanding and so again all this enables relationship to happen and the greatest thing when we come together in community and again spreading that, that, that nice and white we are able to move together when we are able to see God has taken us from this place to this place to this place all of a sudden we grow together but we are on that journey together and I think of the Israelites when they did this as God did amazing things for them when they packed up camp they did not do that as individuals it would have actually made it very difficult for them because well yep the tribe of Judah is going to leave tomorrow and we're going to leave here and, and in fact I'm not even going to go with the tribe of Judah I'm going to stay behind because I've got, I've got nice desert views here um, well you needed to be together to be where God was working with you and it becomes so important for us that to be in community that we move together so we grow in changing community. And so this becomes a place for us that these pe- the people around you, I want you to take a second, look around you. So all the young people in the second row, I want you to look around you. Yeah, I'm talking to uh, this group here, right here. I want you to look around, I want all the adults to look around you. I look at the people that are in your church. These are people that are here to support you, that you are here to support them, that they are to help you in your journey with God and vice versa. And so when it comes to developing holy habits, these people become your, I'm not even sure, your um, your, your work group to be able to see that happen. You are not an individual you know what, I'm going to work on my life and you know what, I'm actually in competition with the rest of you. I'm going to show how good a Christian I am and show how bad a Christian you are by over-excelling. No, we are, when we succeed then God gets the glory. If it becomes about us, we become Pharisees, and we go, look at me, and look at how religious I am. Shouldn't I be praised for the life I live? But when we when we achieve a godly community, a community that is, is shaped by godly habits, all of a sudden, God gets the glory for that. So, sources of help, though. Where do we go when we need to ask for help? Okay. Um, James 1.5 says, If you need wisdom... Go to the latest radio program, the gossip columns, um, morning TV shows. They have plenty of opinion and plenty of wisdom. No, it doesn't say that. It says, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. When it comes to wisdom, now wisdom covers so much. Wisdom comes down to individual choices that we make. Wisdom will come about choosing a marriage partner. Wisdom will come about what job to do. But wisdom will come about how should I live my life. What should I change about myself? And so first and foremost, we should be coming before God and saying, God, God, um, I know you know the answer to this question, so I'm going to ask, what do you want me to change? Now there's a bit of bravery in that because God will pull out his list and he'll probably take one thing off that list and go, here Keith, work on that right now. And do you know what? I'm going to give you my strength I'm going to, and last week we talked about how the fact that God's mercies are new every morning even when I fail God in developing those godly habits God is going to be merciful towards me and so he's going to allow, enable me to do that but I go to God first and I ask for help I ask for guidance, so I ask for wisdom and God wants to give you wisdom that's what that verse says our generous God is willing to give it to you if you are willing to ask you're not sure what you should be doing ask God you're not sure what practical step you need to take next? Ask God. And then God may provide in, a, in a, a miraculous way. God may speak to you directly. God may open up His word to you. God may bring someone into your life that provides the answer. But God wants to give you wisdom. When it comes to developing good habits in your life, you need to sort of be able to sort of ask your family. Now, I'm going to do that in two ways. One, your, your physical family can help you developing habits that you need, okay? So it might be something that, hey, guys, we need to change this about ourselves. Um, hey, we, we're too busy. We're too busy as a family, so we're going to sort of change some things. We're all going to sort of look at what we can change so that we can actually do the more important things. Because I was, I was listening a few weeks ago, um, um, if you are too busy, it's not a sign of commitment Actually, a sign of overcommitment. It's actually going beyond what God wants you to do. And so I know a lot of us, I'm I'm included when people ask me how you're doing, my my catchphrase is, I'm busy. Anyone ever said that last week? I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. It might be a sign that you are overcommitted. And so maybe as a family, you need to sit down. But that then also spreads into, and I suppose in doing that, for those who are married, if you are wanting to develop things in your life your husband and wife becomes a teammate to do that with you Um, you want to develop spiritual habits pray together, if you want to develop biblical habits talk about what God is doing in your life make that a regular thing talk about what you are struggling with if you have to pretend with your husband or wife about how you are doing spiritually you're going to be pretending with everyone else and so let them be the person that can help you to keep going like, okay, if you want that crowd to actually get you up in the morning to do your quiet time, maybe your husband or wife, I'm not going to sort of pick on anyone I hear, like, but maybe you say, I'm going to get up at 5 o'clock and do my devotion, tell your wife, tell your husband, and then give them permission to kick you out of bed at that time. Like, go, okay, if I don't get up, and like, you have no right to be grumpy then when they kick him in. If they kick him up at, at 5 to five, they can kick grumpy. But 5 o'clock, you've given them permission. Help. Let them be a person that will, will speak into your life and, and cheer you on and journey with you in developing those things. Again, it might be something that, hey, I'm struggling with this attitude. I'm struggling with gossip. I'm struggling with this aspect. I'm struggling with this. Okay, so how do we sort of um, work together through this? And so all of a sudden you've got someone who's on your side there to ask for help. But then also, again, that sort of spills over to our spiritual family. If you want to ask for help, ask your spiritual family. If there is something that you are wanting to do better in your life, okay, like, okay, we've got a number of musos up the front. I'm not going to ask, well, no one should ask me how to play the guitar. Okay, you can. I, I know a few chords. I have to look them up to remember them. But if, if you wanted to learn to play guitar, we've got a few people, I'd go, here, talk today. They will help you play the guitar. Uh, how much it cost for lessons, Dave? Oh, no. Um, this is an ad for Dave. No. Um, but the thing is, if you are wanting to develop a better prayer prayer habit in your life, there might be someone in the church, you go, you know what? They are a good prayer. And you go, hey, can you help me do that? Can you help me develop that prayer habit? And all of a sudden, they go, yeah. You might go, do you know what? I'm wanting to... I'm really struggling with this attitude. And, and could you journey with me in that? And all of a sudden, you give them permission to go, hey... How would you go with that this week? Oh, it was terrible. I gossiped about my workmates in my head. I gossiped in front of my kids. I gossiped to my mother-in-law. I, gossiped, you know, I failed big time. Okay, well, let's do better this week. Let's pray together now. And all of a sudden, you can journey together with that. Um, one thing we can ask for help, and this becomes important, a source for help, is actually finding someone that can mentor you Um, now mentors come in a range of things some people may have mentors in their workplace that are helping guide them as they uh, develop their work practices Um, you may have mentors that um, are people that you should look up to for family advice, so mentors can cover a wide range of things, I personally have a mentor that I meet with usually about every six weeks and we talk about what's going on in my life in my family, in my church and um, the thing is Most of the time, they actually, all they do is ask me questions. But often those questions um, make me even be more honest with myself about what's going on. Um, Now, that extends. You may be in a position where you've got something in your life that needs to go beyond like, okay, I'm going to talk to my family, I'm going to talk to this. You might need to sort of talk to a counsellor. You might need to talk to someone who, hey, you know what, this is something I'm really struggling with. And, and and to to bring in the physical side of those things as well. If you if you are going through something at the moment and you are wanting to change a habit that is slowly dis- destructing your life, you might need to sort of see someone like a doctor and say, "Hey, this is happening in my life. What can I do to change this?" Seek out people that can give you help and and actually give that holistic approach to your life. Um, so. So these things are people that will give source source material and and source help for you. We also need to look for spiritual content. Now, I can say this because I'm the pastor, and and so I'm. I suppose in some ways I should set the standard. But there are some weeks where the spiritual content that comes into my life is this. Okay, that is a zero. That's not a three percent either. So zero percent. I, I don't take any time to fill my life with godly things. Now, if we are wanting to change who we are, we need to be getting filled by the one who has made us. And so we need to really take on an approach where we are going to ask for help by, by seeking out spiritual um, content. Now, again, this comes in through a, a, a range of things. And so I know some of you drive a lot for work. Um, so there are podcasts upon podcasts upon podcasts out there that will bring in things into your life that will help you grow in your life. Um, um, there are books out there. And again, I was listening this week. I've heard... Of, uh, who here is a, is a reader? Who, put up your hand if you're not really a reader. Okay. Now, I was listening to something this week and they, they basically were talking about developing habits and saying, well, don't set the goal of reading 30 books a year set the goal of reading two minutes a day. And they actually said, don't even go, go, don't even go over the habit of, of, don't do more than two minutes a day. Don't over excel. And to the, you're over a week, you're reading two minutes a day. And you, you look back and go, every day this week I've read for two minutes. And then as you get used to that habit, because once you a habit is formed in your life, it becomes unconscious, and all of a sudden you are doing it. And so all of a sudden you get to the point where you are reading five books a year to maybe ten books a year, and they can be things that God actually fills your life with, and you are getting filled in a way where God is wanting to change that. So don't be self-defeated. Don't sort of go, "I can't do things that way. I just will never grow." Start small. Start somewhere. And we'll be talking about that in a couple of weeks. How small steps make a big impact. And so um, books become a big thing. And what what one thing have I forgotten to talk about when I talk about spiritual content? What was that? The Bible. Oh, who would have thought that we'd go to the Bible for spiritual content? The Bible should be should be a habit in our lives. It should be. Um, and so we need to get to the place where we are actively trying to develop a habit in our life. And again, it could be something that we are starting with five minutes a day. You might want to, we've got at the back, we've got daily breads. Okay, I'm going to get that. I'm going to read the Bible passage. I'm going to read a chapter of my Bible. And that's where I'm going to start. We should be starting that. If you are under the age of 18, put up your hand. Okay. You should be starting a habit of reading your Bible. Okay. Start it now so that you can get in the habit of discovering who God is and what he's done and what he asked for you. Again, five minutes a day could be where you want to start. Um, Another place that we can look for a source of help is our engaged groups, our, our small groups. Again, in our engaged groups... The idea of those, I won't say it always works, but the idea of those is that we come together closer so that people will know us better, we will trust them more and so when we go, hey, I'm really struggling for this area, they can pray for us, they don't judge us, they love on us and they then next week they'll go, how did you do with that? How are you going with that? When people love you enough that they will ask you that question, you be thankful, okay? Be thankful that people care about you enough that they want to see you change in God's way. Okay, And um, so small groups become an important way that we can source our help and develop these habits. And again, church as a whole becomes a place that we can source help. Um, It is really easy, it is really easy to let other things become just as important as church to more important than church to the fact that church is way down the line. Now again, this is part of church. I really want you to hear that. This is not church in its fullness. Community of faith is bigger than that. But this becomes the primary place where we can all come together. And, and we should be in the habit of asking people questions after church saying, what have you learnt from God this week? Now, for some of you, that's going to be really awkward to begin with because you go, I've never actually had this conversation with this person before. Someone that I kind of know, we've, we've talked about at morning tea about what I do at work and what my kids are doing. All of a sudden, they're asking me a question about what God has been doing in my life. That is really strange. It shouldn't be, but it is. And so we need to get to the point where church becomes a, an intentional thing that we do for the benefit of our growth and for the growth of those around us. Okay, we come to purpose to grow, to learn. And again, there's going to be some Sundays, hopefully it's not today, but some Sunday where the guy speaking up the front oh, didn't get anything out of it all. But you still come with that intention of going, I'm going to encourage people, I'm going to learn from people, I'm going to be available to give help and I'm going to be ready to ask for help so I can develop these habits in my life. There is no, there's not a one-size equation for making and breaking habits but the most consistent variables in doing this are humility, honesty, and asking for help. Those are going to be the things that are going to help you achieve what you want to achieve. And and again, it flows out of this idea of, of having this healthy identity first and foremost. So, as we wrap up, ask yourself, who will I talk about habits that I'm wanting to make in my life or break in my life? Well, who will you talk to this week about seeing that happen? What will you tell them? Um, again, sometimes more honesty actually is more beneficial to, to enable that understanding. And when will I talk to them? Like, again, make a decision right now. Do you know what? I'm going to give them a call Tuesday, and if I don't get on to Tuesday morning, I'll give them a call Tuesday afternoon, and I'm going to see if we can catch up for coffee on Thursday. Like, actually, make a don't sort of make it, oh, yeah... Suppose I could talk to this person about that and oh, when I'm free I'll do it because nothing ever changes. So I should answer those three questions. Who will I talk to? What will I tell them? And when will I tell, talk to them about it? Uh, a good rule of thumb, the more personally destructive a habit is or the more difficult a habit is to establish, the more people you'll need help from. So if you're wanting to have a... a transformative habit in your life you're going to need people to help you achieve that, it could be your family, it could be people that are praying for you, it could be people in your church but you'll need help to do it and most definitely you will need God because God is the one who defines us and God is the one who calls us to a lifestyle that mirrors the glory of his son, let's just take some time to pray, Lord today as we come before you we do want to ask you We want to ask you for the guidance and the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding and also for the help that we need to achieve the life that you want for us. But for some of us sitting here, Lord, we might be sitting here and going, Lord, we don't even know what I want to change, but I know I'm not happy with life. And so, Lord, you might need people in their life to surround them and and slowly and mercifully and patiently shape them and move them in the direction you want. You might have people here who who can put their finger on the button saying, Lord, this is something I want to change. I want to stop doing this. I want to start doing that. And, Lord, you're speaking to them right now. And, and Lord, they just need people that will come alongside them and, and help them journey through that. You need people that will surround them and cheer for them and pray for them so they can succeed in that. And Lord, as a church, we do also want to ask that we can establish godly habits that would and enable us to be a church where people are willing to trust and to grow and will seek the family of God that is in this place out to, for their support. I, I, I pray that you would forgive us as a group when we have failed in that area, when we have not sort of lived up to the standard that you want us to live by. But Lord, help us change. Help us grow and let us grow in community under the power of God. We pray this in your name. Amen.